You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. Well, we're in it now. It failed. In the last few hours, we have learned that warships are coming this way from Earth. Their orders are to seize command of Babylon 5 by force. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. My words are inadequate to the burden of my heart. The year is 2260. The place, Babylon 5. And assuming we survive this, how old will you be in a year if you don't want to speak Mimbari? It's like I've always said, you can get more with a kind word and a two before than you can with just a kind word. Please, continue. Only one human can ever survived battle with the Minbari fleet. He is behind me. You are in front of me. You value your lives. Be somewhere else. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, season 3, episode 22, Zahadoom. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And And we we are are the the Epsilon Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. Sheridan's wife, who supposedly died four years ago, tries to convince Sheridan to come to Zahadoom and meet his opposite number. And Londo receives important news about his political future. And the shadows move against Babylon 5 itself. Ooh, A, A plot, B plot, C plot. Written by JMS and directed by Adam Nimoy. Oh, Definitely a Star Trek connection this week. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was released on 22nd of September 1996 in the UK and October the 28th in the US. And takes place from December the 19th to the December the 25th, Christmas Day, 2260. And the guest stars, Jeffrey Corey as Justin, Ron Campbell as Messenger, Ed Wasser as Morden, Melissa Gilbert as Anna Sheridan, and Ardright Chamberlain as the voice of Kosh. Uncredited is Bill Blair. So, Sean, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was fantastic. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, that's all I'm going to say until we get talking about it, I guess. Okay. Dan? Yeah, it's a big cliffhanger episode. It's the one that I always remember. You know, the everything right down to those last final seconds of uh, of the cliffhanger, and all the setup for what might happen next season. Um, it's stayed in the brain for a reason because it's a classic. It's it's one of the best episodes of the season. Jump, jump now, jump, jump now. Wait, I'm gonna wait five seconds. <laughs> oh, and wait a minute. I'm going to push five little buttons on a pad and an entire starship is going to fly into where I'm standing. That's <laughs> yes. pretty impressive. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beep, 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 beep. That's Done. it. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
Okay, yeah, no, I agree. It's going to be it's going to be a really good episode to discuss. So let's get on with it. A brief explanation is shown of what happened to the new Anna Sheridan before the end of last week's episode. Uh, this was needed as Miss Ellie is now being played by another actress. Sorry, Anna Sheridan is being played by another actress. <laughs> it shows Zahadoom where Anna found something, but she was reportedly killed on the Icarus along with her crew. Sheridan cannot believe his eyes as, the, as he thought she was dead, but Anna has been alive all this time. And she thinks she can just walk straight back into his life. But it is all confusing to John and us. She wants him to come with her to Zahadu. Shikar is showing Ivanova some new weapons, 500 megaton thermonuclear devices that they can use to mine the area that the shadows will attack from. Anna is undergoing medical tests to prove who she is, but Sheridan is struggling to believe it is her. He questions Delenn, but she has no explanation. He feels betrayed by Delenn and Kosh. He had gone through the lost uh, cycle of denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance, but still had feelings for his wife. Feelings that he had to suppress in order to be with Delenn. And now she is back? How, how is he supposed to feel? Delenn and Kosh had denied John from making the choice of whether or not to go to Zahadoom to find out what had happened to his wife. He feels he cannot trust her ever again. I'm going to redo that again. He feels he cannot trust Delenn ever again. Lando, Malari and Vera are having a drink, and Lando says he has been promoted and has been offered a position in the Royal Court, which is a theatre in Liverpool, as an advisor to the Emperor on matters of planetary security. Just then, a friend appears with a message from their mutual associates. Londo must leave the station at once if he values his life and leave quickly. It's a pretty epic warning, and they just sort of brush it off as like, oh, yeah, it just happens every day. <laughs> yeah. This guy just comes up and says, I strongly advise you leave this station. And the, yeah, okay, fair yeah, enough. For it. And some other guy comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like three, there's a line of them just waiting for us. Like twenty five percent off the Zucalo. Yeah, go on, go away, go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I said, oh, was that? Do you think that's from um, you know the shadows or Mister Morden? Yeah, probably. Well, if they're telling you to leave, so take the hint. <laughs> I genuinely thought it was going to be a comedy moment between the two, and they were going to like. Hang on a minute, they told us to leave. And yeah. then they're running to like, go and get a shuttle. Get get into the lift as the lift doors open, they both go in at the same time, we got wedged, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, you first, no, you no, first, no, then no, they no. both go at the same time again. Get out of the wave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Stephen finds something in his scans of Anna. In the meantime, she is trying to convince John to return to turn return with her to her home of Zahadoom, so she can introduce him to the shadows. They want to meet him for a chat and then some tea and crumpets to tell them their side of the story and to show how good it is and they will harbour no ill will. Sounds legit. Hmm. Yeah. What can go wrong? He <laughs> wants to know what happened to her and her, to her and her crew on Zahadoom and the, only then will he go with her. She launches into a long explanation of what happened. Dr. Chang had found the ruins of an ancient civilization and the find of a lifetime. He invited Anna along, but had not told her where he had got the information from. 
A couple of years before, IPX had found an alien ship buried on Mars. It was the shadow ship shown in, uh, in shown earlier in the series. As soon as the ship saw daylight, it sent out a signal. The team realised what was happening and planted a homing beacon inside the ship. Three days later, another ship turned up and took it away. The homing beacon led them to Zahadum. And that is where they found the shadows. Well, their actual name is 10,000 letters long. It must be a bugger at parties when everybody is introducing themselves. It would take ages. Hello, my name is Mr. John Frederick Patrick Paul. So Josh Herman Frederick the third. But you can call me Billy for short. Apparently there was an accident, and the crew was killed, and the comm system was destroyed. So there was no way to contact Earth. The aliens had just come out of hibernation and were vulnerable and didn't want to be exposed to outsiders, so they made a deal. They would allow them to study their technology if they did not contact anybody. And now she is back. I want to take John back, so he can learn the truth. Sheridan tells Garibaldi that he intends to go to Zahadoum. Garibaldi is not impressed. As Sheridan is preparing to leave, Kosh appears in his mirror and tells him, If you go to Zahadoum, you will die. Anna and John leave on the White Star. He leaves a time-delayed message for Dylan. Franklin tells Ivanova that there is a problem with Anna and that he had sent the report to Sheridan, but he is surprised he is gone. Anada, Anada, Anna, Anna, and Sheridan arrived on Zahadoum and meet an old man, Justin, and Mr. Morton. Justin is just a middleman, and the tea is getting cold. Sheridan's delayed message is seen by Delenn. He says he wants to be with Delenn, but this is about more than, than him, and although he knows it's a trap, he's going anyway to see what he can do to stop the war. Justin gives Sheridan a history lesson. He says that many years ago, the races that lived in this sector of the galaxy outgrew their region, but there were two that stayed. Shepherds, you may call them. Morden says that these are the Vorlons and the Shadows. They believe that a war is the best way to grow a stronger future. A new anthill is better than the last. You can't let a few billion deaths get in the way of a dream. You know what else you can't let get in the way of a dream? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. So, Brittany, Martha, <laughs> tell me about your podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like we're in sync, but also kind of a disaster. We are always a disaster. So our podcast is fun if you want to hear two people talk about and complain about stuff that <laughs> a they lot of love and also hate. And drink. And drink. And the show is called? Oh. <laughs> but, but first, let's, let's talk, talk nerdy. And you can find us on the ESO Network. Bye-bye. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Babylon 5, there is a disturbance in the force as shadow ships appear. They hold position while Babylon 5 fighters deploy. Morden throws in some Earth history to back up the story. 6,000 years of wars and atrocities got humans to the stars. And shadows and Vorlons were supposed to lose the same amount of people, but the Vorlons wanted to do things their way and enlisted the help of the Mimbari. After some more propaganda from Justin, Anna and Morden, there then comes the inevitable threat. Are you with us or against us? Help us, and we are a friend. If you don't, we'll take away your support mechanism. Hmm. Wonder what that could be. Ivanova has all the fighters in place, but they are just sitting there and waiting. But for what? Unfortunately, they can't get through to Drow on Epsilon 3. 
as the signal is being jammed. What are they waiting for? I was just going to say, what what are some star furies going to do against some shadow vessels? You've got to see, <laughs> you've got to play what you've got. I mean, it's as simple as that. What what else can they do? Well, that's it. I know. Just say, well, well, they can't do anything. It was just, just say, it was just funny to see. I'm like, oh yeah, yes. that's 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 confidence right there. But it does make you think: <laughs> Where the hell is Drahl? What's he doing? Why is he? You know, why is he fired up his uh, his planet? And you know, uh, have any of you three seen Drahl? Is he about? Does he? Does he? Does he know his responsibilities no. here? Oh, he's yeah. always uh, off somewhere doing things. You can never get a hold of him. Yeah, uh, he's always playing with. I that feel like there was a sticky note saying, "I'll, I'll be back in five, but <laughs> yes. I, I'm pretty sure he should be back by now. So he's on his lunch again. He's always on his lunch. That fella. Yeah, crumbs everywhere. It's terrible. John is still being badgered by the three shadow comrades. Sheridan has put together a great alliance, Morden says. So why don't you just kill me, replies Sheridan. Because, Justin says, someone else will just replace you. Work with us and you will be against Sorry, Work with us or you will be against us. Sheridan says, work with you or you'll do what you did to Anna. The three look confused. It turns out Anna is not the original Anna. She's been put in one of the shadow ships as a central processor and converted to help the shadows. Just then, a shadow comes through the door and Sheridan pulls out a PPG from his ankle holster and fires. Shikar comes to Ivanova and tells her that two of the nuclear devices are missing. Mm. Sheridan appears, all bloodied and disheveled. Was there a missing scene here? It seemed like it, didn't it? Ah. I thought the exact same thing. Did we miss something? Because there was a lot more fighting than what that little cutaway led to. Yeah. What happened to yeah. Morton I mean... and Anna and, and the other? Yeah, we, exactly. What, what went on? I mean, he's yeah. got cuts and things. So obviously firing at the shadow it did or didn't work, maybe. I don't know. But I thought maybe it was the DVD. Maybe there was a missing scene there. Or, and it was maybe it's shown in, in other. It was a bit uh, abrupt. I, I know. I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, that's weird. Yeah, mm. strange. I mean, unless it's like an actual cat coming in your room, and then oh, you do get scratched up no matter what. So there's oh, no explanation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Sheridan appears all bloodied and dishevelled, and looks from a balcony and sees the city of Zahadum. There's a large pit under what looks like a glass dome. Sheridan uses a remote to activate the White Star, which has the two missing nuclear bombs. Anna tries to persuade Sheridan to come back to the negotiation table. Meanwhile, Delenn listens to the last part of Sheridan's message. Finally, I heard what you said when I left. And I want you to know that I love you, Delenn. Goodbye. Just as the White Star arrives at the dome, Sheridan hears Kosh's voice, telling him to jump. Jump! Off the balcony. As he does, Anna screams, the dome breaks, and the White Star follows him down the pit, followed by the mushroom cloud of a nuclear explosion. And one almighty scream. Yeah. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was, was a good scream. Got some lungs up. Mm. We'll come to that in the trivia. No. But, mm. Back at Babylon 5, the shadow ships suddenly turn tail and leave. No one knows why. But Ivanova has <laughs> felt, a, felt a, a ripple in the force. <laughs> and uh, so she knows what's happened, and so does Dylan. But it doesn't end there. Commander? Any word on the captain? Anything at all? We've tried everything. The White Star isn't receiving. 
As far as we can tell, it's been destroyed. There's something else. We checked the fighter bays. One of the fighters we sent out didn't come back. Who was the pilot? Mr. Garibaldi. It was the end of the Earth year, 2260, and the war had paused suddenly and unexpectedly. All around us, it was as if the universe were holding its breath, waiting. All of life can be broken down into moments of transition or moments of revelation. This had the feeling of both. Um, let's move into some trivia. Uh, John and Anna Sheridan's wedding photo is an actual shot of Bruce Boxleitner and Melissa Gilbert's nuptials. Hmm. Ambassador Kosh's line, if you go to Zahadoom, you will die, was later one of the phrases featured in the opening sequence of season five. Anna's story about finding a buried shadow ship on Mars and how it awoke when exposed to daylight is essentially a clone of the driving plot element of Arthur C. Clarke's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hmm. Hmm. According to writer JMS, it took 30 takes before Melissa Gilbert's scream was acceptable for the director, Adam Nimoy. Yes. That's a lot. <laughs> 30 screams. Wow. Voice left after that. Mm. And the video scene in the flashback is not the same as what Captain Sheridan saw originally. Uh, this is due to the casting change from Beth Troussant to Melissa Gilbert. Mm. So, there you go. So, guys, what did we think of this episode? Did we really, really like it? Or what? <laughs> oh, did we do the Star Trek trivia? Uh, not not yet. I'm going to come to that in a minute. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's your Done. review. <laughs> that's it. We liked it. Well, that was the question. There was an answer. Did you want more elaboration? Yeah, elaborate. <laughs> elaborate. Oh, it done and dusted. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was nuanced. Uh, the visual effects were amazing. The scream was out of this world. Uh, this Justin character was kind of weird and creepy and threatening and friendly all at the same time. It was really good. And we got to see Mr. Morden again. And he's he's always slick like a used car salesman that you just can't trust. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, Dan, what did you think of it? Yeah, um, the creepy factor. I think just when he was invited in, it was this horrible wood paneling area for tea and crumpets and they just sit down and, uh, you know, we just sell our side of the story. We we enjoy chaos. We think that, you know, conflict could actually bring out some good stuff and which at first sounds like, oh, it's fairly reasonable when you think of history and all the good stuff that can come out of conflict. But obviously it then goes straight off the deep end and they talk about mass genocide as if it's just another day in the park um and it just gets creepier and creepier and creepier and i really like the the fuzzy shot of the shadow coming in behind him and you think oh no he's, he doesn't realize it's there only for him to then turn around and shoot it um but that jarring scene 
where we didn't see like the fight through the corridor or he was doing stuff. And, you know, considering we'd seen him go hand to hand in other episodes and we know how tough he is, I would have appreciated kind of like a bit of a fighty fighty kind of hand to hand, you know, he throws down with Mr. Morden because he's just, you know, peeved that, you know, why didn't you tell me she was alive? That sort of stuff. And yeah, there were bits missing that I felt like we needed as well. Yeah. It was like uh, but a... everything else all came together. Like, like a scene was cut for time considerations mm. or something. I got the feeling yeah. that was the case. Yeah, I think uh, there's quite a lot in this episode, and, and maybe they did cut cut out that bit. But yeah, what mm. did happen in that fight? I mean, he turns around, he shoots the the shadow. Then what does he do? Does he turn around and shoot Morton because mm. he's a bad guy? You know, he's not going to shoot Anna. But then Justin is inoffensive, although his ideas are pretty uh, you know, radical and, and pretty evil. Uh, but does he have any reason to shoot him? So therefore, there could have been this sort of a little bit of a hesitation while he's trying to work out what to do, and there could have been a scene there where where Anna says, "You know, don't shoot or shoot me, or if you're going to do it, do whatever." You know, all this conflict that mm-hmm. could have come out, um, only for him then to get away, and there wasn't a fight there, or maybe he went to shoot as he's shooting the shadow. Morden jumps him, although I don't know whether Morden's that sort of physical fighting type guy, so. I don't know. It was just, yeah, there, there was definitely an explanation to for his injuries and dis- dishevelment uh, that mm. was missing there. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's quickly go through uh, Star Trek connections. Sean? Yeah, like last week, no Star Trek connections in the acting department. But as you mentioned at the beginning, Adam Nimoy directed this thing. Of course, he's the son of Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy, and he's also married to Dax, Terry Farrell. Okay, that I did not know. Mm. Huh, okay. Mm. Yeah, they got married was... a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so ratings. Let's move on to the rating system. Uh, Sean, what will you be rating this as? I don't think I actually said what IMDb gave the last episode, but never mind. Well, like like we mentioned, it's, it's a fantastic episode. It's got uh, everything in it. All the characters are in it. It's 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 great. Uh, it's a hell of a cliffhanger. Uh, if you go to Zahadum, you will die. Jump, jump now. Well, I'm gonna wait five or ten seconds first, and then I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's a great episode. Uh, sure, it was a little bit jarring when we saw him shoot the the, sh- the shadow cat, and then he was all bloody in the corridor, like the scene was missing, and and it did jar me out a little bit. I'm like, uh, what what just happened? But I'm not gonna let that take away from my rating of five points out of five. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Is this is that wasn't your first five out of five, was it? No, the the war without end had fives as well. Well, the funny thing is, the shadow dancing that you you brought into the top ten uh, last week because your your rating put it into your top ten by giving this a five, it drops that out of the top ten. That's, so that's, that's okay because <laughs> so I probably gave fine. last week's too high of a rating anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, wow, yeah, okay, five out of five, very good, uh, Dan. Yeah, um, I gave five out of five for World Without End Part Two or War Without End Part Two. Um, 
so I started like you did, Paul, when we did those episodes, start with a five, what knocks it down for me? Because it was just really good. It was a bit unbelievable that he managed to get the entire crew of the White Star off just to get some passes made that they didn't think, oh, let's send half the crew, get the passes, send them back and then send the next half. Like it was a bit convenient. He was able to get rid of the whole crew just so he could commandeer the vehicle so quickly. And, you know, it, it drew me out there. And then there was also this dramatic cut that he's gone through this whole battle scene that I kind of wanted to see. Um, but it was really good. You know how last week we were frustrated that we had to cut back to Franklin whilst all the shooty cuties were going on and it didn't quite work. This one worked really well for me that it cut back to the little recorded message to Delenn and that fed into his decision making when he's making you know the final decision to leap off the balcony because he has to end it. Um, and it worked a lot better this week than it did last week. So I'm going to go 4.9, just a tiny point down. Okay. Um, I didn't know what to rate this as. Um, I'm, I'm still struggling now. I don't think it's... It's it's so full of, of action and stuff. There's so much mm. going on. Um, I wanted to watch this again, before, and I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to, to, to watch it before we recorded. I, I, I've watched it to review it, but not sat down and actually watched it as an episode. Um but it's definitely it's definitely up there. I mean there is so much going on. Um I've I've got to give it a nine point five. Uh so which I, I, I always mark mine out of ten and then halve it so that I know where I'm at. I can't work in fives after working tens, <laughs> which is a four point seven five out of five. Um yeah. It, 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 yeah, yeah. There's a missing scene, but let's okay. Give that a pass, really. Um, the thing that annoyed me the most was Anna Sheridan trying to convince uh, John to to come with her and trying too hard to be in love with him or show that she's in love with him and not understanding why Delenn's there and saying, yeah, well, you know, just well, forget her." I've only been away for like four or five years, whatever it is. Um, you know, you remember me. You're in love with me. No, no. <laughs> the whole loss cycle, as we said, is, is has been done. I mean, he's well over it by now. Still has feeling for it. Who wouldn't? But you know, it, it, it you know, you can't expect suddenly to somebody to turn on the emotions uh, that he had five years ago to. To you know, to to you know, to suddenly fall back in love with her—that's just not right. So yeah, okay, that would explain because she's not really a, a proper human being again. She's a shadow uh, recreation or, or or whatever, um, or zombie, shadow zombie maybe. Um, so, but yeah, just that constant you know nagging at you know, come on, you're my husband, you love me, you know, you need to do this. No be like uh, the people in the Marvel Universe after the Thanos five-year blip. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes, that's right. But I think she laid it on so thick that that's why he didn't believe her, but he knew he still had to go yeah. as he said to Delenn that, you know, I saw a future version of us and I think if I listened to me then or listened to you in the future, that's why I don't go and I, maybe I can make a difference by actually going now and sort of beat them at their own game by taking on their invite. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's seen the future in which he exists, so therefore he cannot die at this point. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, okay, no, that's, that that makes sense. So yeah, four point seven five. Um, this is a pain. I'm going to have to go back to my previous recording and add in my uh, the IMDb score, which was uh, for the last week's episode was eight point six, and we score, uh, which is equal to if I can find it uh, four point three, and we were giving it fours, four point two fives, and a three. So okay. Uh, this week's IMDb uh, score is 4.7, which mm. is sort of a bit lower than, you know, because it, 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 we had the highest rated episode a few weeks back, and this time we've got quite a, a sort of mm. low compared to what we've given it, I suppose. Uh, out of the three mm. of us, our, our, episode, our average is 4.8 or 4.88. Uh, but that's because I've dropped it down to four point seven five, so it's I'm dragging us down, guys. I'm sorry about that. Oh man! <laughs> but it is a cliffhanger, so you know mm. you can't really resolve it. So that it can't be perfect because it hasn't resolved itself yet. So yes, that's it's right. The best best of both worlds, part one. When you really need a part two, right? right. And, exactly. and just and because I gave it a five out of five doesn't mean it's perfect. It just means I really liked it a five. Yeah, of course, that's right. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean as. Uh, cliffhangers go it's pretty good a lot of damage done to the shadows Sheridan is he alive or dead the fact that Kosh has told him to jump sort of hints that he might might be okay where's Garibaldi gone Um, yeah that was weird I don't remember what happens to Garibaldi in the next season uh, I well, I do, and I think that's I remember the next season more than I do this season because Garibaldi isn't there Um, Mm. so uh, so yeah um, yeah, so it, it's yeah, it, it's all set up, uh, you know, a, a good cliffhanger. You know, but we didn't see Garibaldi disappear. We didn't see him fly off. He just hasn't come back. Right. So, yeah. You know, is he alive? Is he dead? Has he gone? We'll have to wait a couple of episodes to find out. Okay, so that's the end of this uh, episode and this season. Join mm-hmm. us again next week when we will be reviewing Babylon Five season three. Um. And that's it. Jaquan wrote, There is a greater darkness than the one we fight. It is the darkness of the soul that has lost its way. The war we fight is not against powers and principalities. It is against chaos and despair. Greater than the death of flesh is the death of hope. The death of dreams. Against this peril, we can never surrender. The future is all around us, waiting in moments of transition to be born in moments of revelation. No one knows the shape of that future or where it will take us. We know only that it is always born in pain. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask.
has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.